Good morning. Welcome to Breakfast with Kent for Thursday, December 10th, 2020. Brought to you by the great people of today's dentistry. Dr. Mike O'Neill, the greatest dentist in the world. Been my dentist, my only dentist the last 27 years. I highly recommend him. Take control of your dental health. Call 317-849-2933. Indiana lost last night. They lost 69-67 in overtime at Florida State. Florida State, number 20 ranked team in the country. I thought Indiana played pretty well. I'm not down on Indiana because of this loss. Usually, you get, you get down after losses, you're up after wins. I just like the way this team plays. They're unselfish offensively. They're connected defensively. They make some mistakes. Did Al Durham go to the rack too many times against three guys? Yeah. Did Trey Galloway do that? Yeah. Were there ill-advised shots? Were there too many turnovers? Yes, yes, and yes. Still, I like the vibe of this team. I'm not down on it. I'm good with Indiana. They lose this game, but I think they're going to win a bunch this year because I think they have a collective presence that's really powerful, and I dig it. Trace Jackson Davis, terrific last night, 25-17. and 17. Every other starter scored nine. The bench was skinny, right? Trace Jackson Davis played 40 minutes. Al Durham played 40 minutes. Armand Franklin played a bunch. A lot of these guys, and, and it, it, that 40 wasn't 20 and 20, right? There was the, the extra five in overtime, so they didn't play every minute. Only three guys came off the bench. I like this. Archie Miller last year, I think, went way too deep on the bench. I don't think you need to go that deep. Playing eight is cool by me. I think they've got bench guys who can play, but I, I like having kind of a skinny bench compared to where Indiana's been the last couple of years. I like everything about this team. One thing about the broadcast last night, Jay Billis said that there needs to be a national conversation about college basketball moving forward in this age of COVID. This is better for the... He also said, the thing that kind of stuck with me is that he said the kids didn't get to go home for Thanksgiving. The kids aren't going to be able to go home for Christmas. I don't know what he thinks happens in college basketball, but nobody goes home for Thanksgiving and nobody goes home for Christmas. Sometimes you get to go see your kid over Christmas. When my son played at Loyola of Chicago, we would go up to Chicago Christmas Eve, pick him up that night, take him to my mom's, take him to Julie's mom's, and and we'd have a nice holiday and we would return him to campus on Christmas night. We got about 24 hours with Ryan. On, on uh, over that holiday. And they are sequestered. He said they're isolated. They're always isolated. That's their life, is isolation from the rest of the student body primarily. During the holiday season especially, after finals in the fall, they're the only people on campus are the athletes. They, they and the international students, this is the life of a collegiate athlete. This isn't so different from what they experience normally. When, when I talked to Nick Zysoft, I, I was kind of blown away. Nick Zysoft played for Indiana about five years ago. And he was a, a grad transfer from Illinois State. And I said, hey, what was it like? What was the difference between going to classes at Indiana, where Indiana, you know, basketball is huge, and going to classes at Illinois State, where it's really not? And he said, um, what are you talking about? I didn't go to classes. All my learning was virtual. Like, I, I took, I, I never set, set foot in a classroom on Indiana's campus. That's
that's the life of a collegiate athlete. We presuppose that they're walking around campus like everybody else during normal times. They're not. This is very, very normal for them, and it's probably safer for them than it would be for them to be scattered to the four corners of the universe in, in this COVID environment. That They're tested constantly. Everything is sterilized relentlessly. These guys are as safe as they could possibly be, safer in this environment than they would be anywhere else. I have no idea what Jay Billis is talking about. It's better for these guys. What are they going to do if they're not playing college basketball? They're going to go home and, and what? This is much better for them. Um, Indiana screwed by the Big Ten yesterday. Absolutely awful. What the hell are the Big Ten doing? Uh, Kevin Warren, I don't know what kind of commissionership this is, but enacting a rule that says that Big Ten members have to play six games in order to be eligible for the Big Ten championship at Lucas Oil Stadium in a week and a half, and then deciding that that rule really doesn't fit because it prohibits Ohio State from playing. I don't know what kind of leadership that is. What that's saying is that Ohio State gets to sit at the family table and teams like Indiana are sitting at the kiddie table in the Big Ten, and I don't like it. Indiana, played by the rules, and, and by those rules, should be invited to the Big Ten championship game. Ohio State ought to be on the outside looking in, and how that affects the Big Ten financially, because no team from the Big Ten would likely participate in the college football playoff. I don't give a damn. You made a rule, live by the rule. Oh, the rule didn't cause the result that we hoped it would cause. What that rule was for, and you and I both know this, is that that rule was to protect Ohio State in going to the Big Ten championship game and then in representing, in all likelihood, the Big Ten in the college football playoff. That's what that was for. When it didn't turn out that way, the Big Ten got busy and said, whoa, oh, we can't have Indiana represent the Big Ten East, despite the fact that they're the eighth-ranked team in the country, not in the college you know, football playoff rankings, but in the AP rankings. Can't have that. Can't have Indiana. No, it's got to be the Buckeyes. Buckeyes have to be the Big Ten. To hell with that. What kind of leadership is that? If I'm Scott Dolson, I'm jumping up and down on the table, banging my fist and raising all kinds of hell. I'm driving up to Chicago and telling these people that we're not going to take it. I don't know what good that'd do. Sometimes, sometimes though, you got to look a little bit irrational to gain that sort of that. Hey, we we better not do that again. You know, just give people that that second of pause. That maybe you're irrational irrational enough to keep everybody else off balance. The bucket game's been canceled by mutual decree. Purdue, Indiana. They got together, they decided that canceling the bucket game is the way to go. And if I'm Indiana, I'm not playing against Iowa the following week. I'm not putting six and one at risk and putting a, a trip to the Fiesta Bowl or, or some other big time bowl at risk in order to play an absolutely, utterly meaningless game against Iowa. I'm just not doing it. If I've got any kind of COVID concerns whatsoever, I use those concerns to get the hell out of that game. Uh, LaRaven Clark for the Colts, he's gone on IR with that torn Achilles, and he knew it was a torn Achilles. We talked about it earlier this week. When uh, he went down and the trainers came out, they felt his Achilles, 
where where it was, and the trainer went like this, shook his head like that. I mean, how how clear do you need it to be? That is not a difficult diagnosis, by the way. Anthony Costanzo, still on the shelf, did not practice yesterday. Neither did Philip Rivers, although he's going to play Sunday. And he talked to us on Inside Indiana Sports Now yesterday about his toughness and where it came from. And his dad's rule was, if it ain't broke, you don't leave the field. You know what? I like that. And, and I, I think that learning the difference between pain and injury is really, really important for young athletes. As cruel as it can be, like I, my son, the first time he sprained an ankle, he's laying on the floor and he's holding his ankle and the trainer's out there. And I went out and I said, what the hell are you doing? And he said, I think I sprained my ankle. I said, well, get your ass up. Let's put some tape on it and get you back out there. What, what's, what's happening? You know, and he looked at me like I had two heads. I don't know. To me, that's fatherhood. That's what my dad did. What the hell are you doing? What, what do you mean? I'm hurt. You're hurt. Get your ass up. You know? And you learn, oh, all right. Well, I, I'm not going to pay attention to the pain. I pay attention to injury. I don't pay attention to pain. Um, anyway, uh, Rigoberto Sanchez still not practicing, obviously. Uh, he's still dealing with the after effects of having the surgery to move that, remove that malignancy. Kari Willis. And, and by the way, it's Kari Willis, not Kerry Willis. Kari Willis. He's still out. Taekwon Lewis is out, and, and like I said, Philip Rivers sat. He should be limited today if history is any guide as to how the, uh, the Colts are dealing with that foot, that toe deal. Uh, Pacers scorekeeper Bill Bevan, uh, their former scorekeeper, passed away yesterday. And, and the coolest part of kind of getting developing a root system here in central Indiana with sports teams is has been getting to know guys like uh, Bill Bevan and Bob Bernath and Dick York, the guys who have been here forever and ever. I mean, Bill Bevan was the official score for the Pacers all the way back into the ABA days. Dick York has run every media room in, in town. Uh, Bob Bernath has been a statistician um, everywhere for everyone. And, and just an absolutely outstanding guy, still working for the Colts and the Pacers. And it's fantastic. And it's really, really a cool deal about Indiana sports. And we mourn the loss of Bill Bevan, our best to his family and to the Pacers sports and entertainment family, who I know feel this loss very, very deeply. Um, Butler, they have postponed their Big East opener against St. John's. Um, Villanova, at Villanova, that's going to be the opener now. They postponed three games or postponed slash, I don't know, are they going to reschedule them? I don't know. Um, but the opener will be uh, at Villanova next Wednesday at 7. Their Big East opener, not regular season opener. They've played a game. And Al Michaels wins the Ford Frick Award. I like that. I, I don't like the Baseball Hall of Fame welcoming in mediocrity into the broadcasting wing. All right, Milo Hamilton has no business being a Ford Frick winner. But they needed to have somebody that year. I wish they were a little more selective. I think Al Michaels is an absolutely perfect choice. Let's celebrate some birthdays on this Thursday. Uh, Brad Boyer, happy birthday. Charles Townsend, Steve Haberly, Scott Shapiro, the great Scott Shapiro, happy birthday. Uh, Dan London, happy birthday. Tom Madden, the great Keneath Vaughn, celebrating a birthday. The great Julie Diamond Apple, happy birthday. Joe Shad, Jeff Worrell. 
Uh, Joanna Meister Cunniff celebrating a birthday today. The great Joanna Meister Cunniff. Uh, David Blank, Andy Riggs, happy birthday. Daniela Hankins and Andrea McKissick, happy birthday. If today's your birthday, you celebrate like hell. If it's not your birthday, you celebrate somebody else. That is best done with an honest and specific compliment. You want to see how we get breakfast uh, immediately after breakfast with Kent? Let's pay a visit to the kitchen. We enjoy this. How's that? Here's Julie. Hello. Julie has cooked up a fricassee. Woo! It's the eggs Woo! I get every single morning. I get a, a smoothie every morning. Julie, the wonderful Julie. Say hello, Julie. Hi. <laughs> Have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Or this afternoon inside Indiana Sports Talking Pacers basketball.